For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. What? Expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Amen. Keep expecting. You know, there's a lot of distractions in our lives and what's going on. But we're not moved by what we see, but what we believe. And he is our author and the finisher. So we got to stay focused on him and uh, move on. Amen. <clears throat> thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing that it is for us. And, Lord, we ask you to open our ears, Lord, and uh, show us out of your word today. A couple of weeks ago, I was teaching on thankfulness. And the first statement I made, the highest form of unthankfulness or ingratitude is trying to repay God for what he's already done for you. Let me say it again. The highest form of unthankfulness and ingratitude is trying to repay God for what he's already given to us freely in Christ Jesus. That means we don't appreciate what's been given to us. We want to add something to it. And I was reading here in, in the Luke 17 about the, the lepers. The ten lepers came to him and, and, he, and he prayed for them. And it says, as they went, they were healed. And one of them came back when he saw he was healed and, and glorified God and fell down giving him thanks. And Jesus said, we're not ten cleansed. Where's the nine? There's not come back to give me thanks and praise for what I've done except this stranger, this Samaritan. And you know what the Jews thought of Samaritans? They called them dogs. And he says, your faith has made you whole. Amen? All right. But as I was studying this, I went down to the next verse. And then it's when it began, this, this began to open up to me that I'm going to share with you today. And then verse 20. And when he was demanded, that's a pretty stout word, of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God comes not with observation. What does that tell you? It's not something you can see. Neither say, lo here, lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The exchanged life is the kingdom of God. It's within you. The kingdom, Romans fourteen seventeen is not meat and drink, not legalism. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Yes. That's the kingdom in your heart. And uh, <clears throat> he went on to say, all right, that's good stuff. And he said to his disciples, the days will come when you desire to see one day with the Son of God and shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See, or there, go not after them, follow them not. He's saying that he's here, he's there, he's not. He said, because he's not coming with observation. Okay, stay with me. For as lightning, as the lightning that lights out of one part under the heaven shines to the other part under the heaven, so shall also be the Son of Man in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as is in the days of Noah, okay, what's he saying here? As in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the day of the Son of Man. They did eat and drink. They were married wives, were given in marriage until Noah was entered into the ark and floods came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as in the days of Lot. They did eat and drink. They bought, sold, and planted and built it. But the same day Lot went out of Sodom and it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, I want to tell you something. We put that off into the future. The kingdom is a present reality and a future destination. 
it's both. But it is a present reality now. When the Son of Man is revealed is when he's going to reveal himself to you. Jesus said to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom now. All right. And he says in that day, now catch this, he which is on the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come and take it away. And he that is filled, let him not also return. Remember, Lot's why. What he said, don't be looking back to the old. If you're on the rooftop, what is the rooftop? Well, that's, you see him, you know, up there where the shingles are. No, the rooftop in those days, they had their dining hall there. They had their place of prayer. Peter was on the rooftop. What was he doing? Praying. And something else was going on because he got hungry. There must have been something cooking right then. He was praying on the rooftop. And he says, when he comes and, and you're on the rooftop, don't go back and get your stuff. I'm telling you, stuff, I looked at word stuff. Stuff means anything that your old soul needs. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. It also says in the, in the Strong's, if you want to look at it, and he's saying, your stuff in the house, don't go back and get it. It says also a wife as needed by the husband. Don't go back. What did he say? He that loves father, mother, children, mom, dad. More than me is, is not worthy. What he's trying to say, remember, don't be Lot's wife, look back. And Noah come up and everything else. See, there is a, was not, First Peter says, was not eight souls saved in the water? What's it saying? In the ark. When the ark came up, there was eight souls saved. Out of devastation. What Jesus is trying to show to us is the power of the exchange life. Don't go back to that. That's the kingdom. And he says, you stuff in the house. He says, don't come to try to take it away. Whosoever shall seek to save his soul, is that word, will lose it. Whoever shall lose his soul shall preserve it. Or engender, make it, says, be born again. Have a new one. I tell you, in that night, there be two in one bed. Remember, men's not there. It's in italics. One shall be taken, the other left. He's talking about your old soul and your new soul. There's a constant warfare going on. Why did he say when the Son of Man is revealed, don't go back to your old stuff? He said two will be in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two souls. Two women will be what? Grinding. But it's not woman. Two will be grinding. Two will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. And they said, Lord, where? And he said unto them, wherever the body is, there will the eagles be gathered together. Our souls are not going anywhere. Neither is our old body. Your old mind, will, and emotion, it's in your members always battling you. When it's over, it stands, saints. It ain't going anywhere. Now, what's the problem in the meantime? Remember in, the, in Matthew 13 when they come in and said, Master, didn't you go sow good seeds? Where's these tares? He said, an enemy's done that. The enemy of your soul. What's the biggest enemy to your new soul? Anybody want to tell me? It ain't the devil. It ain't anybody else. It's your old thinking is the biggest enemy. And he said, well, you want us to pluck it up? He said, no, you'll mess up the wheat if you do that. Don't worry about it. Just let them both grow together till the harvest. And then there's going to be a separation. A separation. See, he's going to be... he. What he's saying is, in that day when the Son of Man is revealed. You know, when you begin to look at that, you see that. The Jews was waiting for the Messiah to come to this day. The church is waiting for him to come the second time. 
But he's already come the second time. Jesus said, I'll not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And I will send the Holy Spirit and I will come to you. And what's the Holy Spirit going to do? He's going to take the things of mine and reveal it to you. It's my Father's good pleasure. You know, from the days of John the Baptist, it says, until now. Right? Until now. What's the now? Now. Now are you the sons of God. It does not yet appear what you shall be, but we know that when he appear, we, we like him, for we shall see him as he is. And the next verse says, every man that has this hope purifies himself even as he's pure. No, that's not right. The Greek says, every man that has this hope, God purifies him even as he is pure. Is that a little better? You can't purify yourself. Huh? Has this hope. Every man that has this hope, what? God purifies. That you're pure as he is. As he is, so are we when? Now, in this present world. See, the kingdom is a present reality in all of our lives. And he has already come to reveal all these things to us. Amen? And you look in, John, in Luke chapter 16. It says, the law and the prophets were until John. That means it stopped at John. The law and the prophets was fulfilled at John. Okay? Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. Well, I like Brother Eugene's version. For a long time now, people have tried to force themselves into the kingdom. How many of you have tried to force yourself into the kingdom? Any luck? Anybody make it? I see no hands. See, it's the Father's good pleasure just to give it to you. That's a whole lot easier. And that's the kingdom that's within you. How does it give? It's that new heart. I'll give you a new heart. It's a kingdom heart. And see, that's what he's talking about here. The kingdom's already come <clears throat> in the presence of the fullness. So Isaiah says in verse 41 through 5, says, talking about, uh, let's just turn there. I want to read it. Oh, thank you, Lord. See, the church has been put on hold for so many years, waiting for, I know he's going to come in that day, but I'm telling you, he's already here. He's already seated, and we're already seated with him. And so the kingdom is now. It's in the future, but it's now. Isaiah 40, verse 1, Comfort ye, my people, said God. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. Her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hands double for all her sins. Now, what was he saying? All of it's over. He sent John to tell them that the warfare is over. He came preaching in the wilderness, prepare the way. Look, he says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and all the mountains and hills be made straight, and the crooked made straight, and the rough places plain. And then what? The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. John chapter 1. And of his fullness, of his glory, have we all received grace for grace. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And he says, and the glory will be what? Revealed. It's already been revealed. And all flesh will see it together. You know what's staggering about it is the, the soldier at Jesus' feet, when Jesus died, what happened? Immediately he died, his eyes were opened, and he said, truly, this is the Son of God. He knew it was the Son of God. And they all saw it together. And the, then the voice, John said, what shall I cry? And it says, all flesh is as grass, and the goodliness thereof as the flowers of the field. 
The grass withers, the flower fades, because the Spirit of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people is grass, the grass withers, and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. What is he saying? All the works of the flesh is as grass. The best of the flesh is still flesh. Amen? That's, that's what all this stuff's about, he's saying. And, and then he goes on, verse 9, Old Zion, it brings good tidings. That's the good news. Behold your God. And the Lord, it says in verse 10, will come with a strong hand, and, and his arm will rule for him, and his reward is with him, and it works before him. Boy, I like that. And he will feed his flock like a shepherd, gather the lambs in his arms, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. How does that sound? Amen. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15 says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, The time is fulfilled. What does fulfilled mean? It's over. What did he say about John? In the, and he says, in the kingdom, he says, from the law of the prophet says, concerning John, he says, there's not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But I want to tell you, he that's smallest in the kingdom of God is greater than he. He's greater. The least is greater than he. That's what he's talking about, the kingdom life. It's now. It's now. It's not for someday. It's for now. And he says, say, the kingdom of God is at hand. Believe the gospel. You know, in Luke chapter 21, let's turn to Luke 21. Oh, thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 21. It says in verse 25, There will be signs in the sun and the moon and stars and upon the earth, distress of all nations. I don't see anybody going through distress or perplexities. Anybody have any problems? Men's hearts failing them for fear, looking at what's coming on the earth, abominism, all that, you know, all that stuff. And the powers of heaven shaken. And then you'll see the Son of Man coming in clouds and power with great glory. See, it is going to happen one of these days, isn't it? And when these things begin to come to pass, look up, lift your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. And he said, Behold the fig trees. When, when they now shoot out and you see, you know that yourselves that summer is at hand. So likewise, when you see all these come to pass, you know that the kingdom of God is near at hand. Now look, verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. There be some standing here, he said, will not pass away till they seem to see the kingdom come with power. If that wasn't present, I don't know what it is. And the kingdom, the generation, they say a lot of things about generations. Some say it's 30, some say it's 40, some say it's 100, but it doesn't matter. Some of them, he said, to stand here is not going to die till they see the come, kingdom come with power. Well, on the day of Pentecost, the kingdom came with power. The Holy Ghost came. And he came to reveal the kingdom to his people. And that's what he's saying. Till all be fulfilled. How, many, all, how much heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. So what's the next thing? Verse 34, take heed to yourselves. Don't let your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, drunkenness. Now Eugene says shop in here, women. I hate to say it, but it's in there. Especially this time of year. Don't let your hearts be overcharged with shopping. And the cares of this life, so that day come upon you unaware. For a snare will it come on all them that dwell on the face of the earth. But watch and pray always that you may be accounted worthy. Escape all these things and stand in the presence of the Son of Man. Don't let your hearts be overcharged. 
And the only heart that's going to get overcharged is the old one. Because the new heart is a heart of peace and rest and the love of God. But what did Jesus say? Now, we know the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In Matthew 12, the disciples, the, the Pharisees said, This man's casting out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. What did Jesus say? But if I, by the Holy Ghost, cast out devils, the kingdom has come. Has the kingdom come? The kingdom's here. It is a present reality in all of our lives. The kingdom of God is now, not just the future. What did he tell Nicodemus? Verily I say unto you, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom. Most of the church is born from above. They've got a new spirit. But he said, but except you be born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom. Enter what? Into the kingdom. See, the, the key is not just wait for a kingdom someday. The key is living in the kingdom now. Living in the kingdom now. And that's what we're saying. And that's what, you know, except you be born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom. The kingdom is a present reality. Mm. Now are we the sons of God. All right. The kingdom is the exchange life. You know, when I was reading this, and he began to speak to me about the kingdom. He says the kingdom, and he said, you know, your stuff's down in the house. Don't go back and look for your stuff. How many of you know it's just stuff? You remember a week ago, Rod was telling you when my trailer all burned up and he was all upset about us losing everything. And, and what did I tell you, Rod? It's just stuff. It's just stuff. Don't go back. Don't let your heart be overcharged with stuff. See, the kingdom... The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man, when he found in the field, he covers it up and he goes out, sells everything he's got and buys the field. That's the kingdom. That's the exchange life. And he said it's also like a man seeking goodly pearls. And he found one pearl of great price. Who is the pearl of great price? Christ. He sells everything and goes and buys that pearl. See, we get too upset about over all the little stuff going on around us. Don't lose sight of the greatest thing that's ever happened in our life or ever will happen. Because what is our life? It's only a vapor that appears for a little while and it's gone. So don't allow stuff to rule your life. Jesus said, don't go back and get your stuff. Don't be looking back. No man having put his hand to the plow and what? Looking back is fit for the kingdom. See, there's a serious thing there. But we don't have to look back. We're not of those, Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, that look back. But those that believe to the saving of the soul. See, and it, he says, fear not, little flock. You know, consider the birds. They neither sow nor reap, but you have your father to feed them. Are you not much better than they? But seek you second the kingdom of God. Seek you first the kingdom of God, and not only the kingdom, but what goes with the kingdom. Righteousness. And his righteousness, not your own. And all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not. What's the big word? Fear not. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Amen? So we've got to guard our hearts and not let all the stuff that's going on. 
Because in the last days, we think it's bad now. What's it really going to be like in the end times? Men's hearts, what? Failing them for fear, looking what's coming on. I'd encourage you, don't sit around the TV looking at what's coming on the face of the earth. Go out and do something positive. You know, because the Bible says in the last days when all that's going on, they that know their God's going to be strong and do exploits. How many of you want to be among the exploiters? I do. Somebody asked me the other day, what did Jesus come for? Well, Scripture says, he that sinneth is of the devil. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And he said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. So why are we here? Kick devil butt. Come on now. Why do we put up with it? You know what it says in Isaiah chapter 14? It says in that day, everybody's going to walk by and look at Satan. And, he's, and every one of them is going to say, is this what destroyed the nations? Is this what created all the chaos in all the world? Is this the one? You know, to most people, the devil's a lot bigger than God. They fear the devil a lot more than they fear God. But I'll tell you something. 366 times it says, fear not. One for every day of the year and one for leap year. Fear not. Why? The first one's in the lake of fire, the fearful. And that word's timid. This is not a time to be timid. They will, it says, Jesus said, occupy it till I come. And, you know, we need, to, we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of what? His might. Put on the whole armor of God. We don't have to worry about it. It's not us. We're just resting in him. Amen? Amen. So we need to rest in what he's done for us. But see, the kingdom is the greatest thing. That's what he's trying to say. It's worth everything. And that's why he says, a rich, this man had big fields. He built in big barns to put it in. And what did he say? You fool. He says, this day shall your soul be accounted for. And he says, and what's going to be all this stuff you kept? Who's going to, who's going to have it? And what are you going to give in exchange for your souls? What is it you want to exchange for your souls? Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where's your, where's your heart all the time? What are you thinking about all the time? Don't be distracted. First Peter 5, 7 says, be anxious. It says, your adversary says, uh, what does it say? Be anxious for nothing. No, that's not it. Casting all your cares. That's it. That's the word cares upon him. First Peter 5, 7. Casting all your cares. And that word is distractions on him. For he cares for you. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about whom, seeking whom he may devour. Whom you resist steadfast. In faith, knowing something, knowing that the same afflictions, Alan, Ross, that you're going through, others are going through the same thing. But the God of all grace, that after you've suffered for a while, will make you perfect, established, strengthened, and settled. It's that while that gets us. How long is a while? I wish I knew. But it's the God of what? All grace. And God is able to make what? All grace abound towards you. That you have an all sufficiency may abound into every good work. A little leaven, guys, leavens the whole lump. Jesus said, don't look back. Don't go back. You know, what she said a while ago about a curse. There's no curse for the church. Christ took the curse for us, been made a curse for us. 
the only th- there's no way the devil or anything in hell can put you under a curse. But it only takes a little bit of the law to put you back under the curse of the law. Galatians chapter 3. You start in the Spirit and you move back to the law to please God. And it brings you under the curse of the law. Devil, nobody can put you under the law. But trying to get into legalism will put you back where you got it. And God don't mind you going back under the law. There's just one requirement. You got to keep it all. Any, any takers? Only one was able to do it. Thank God. If he did it, we don't have to. Mm. Kingdom living is, is good. But, you know, we see this thing. And, and that's what he's talking about. Remember the, the guy that said, Lord, he said, uh, I want to follow you, but let me first go bid my farewell to my family. He said, I didn't constrain you. Go on. And, and that's when he said that. But he said, first let me go bury my father. He said, well, let the dead bury the dead. Come on and follow me. See, and there has to be that kingdom exchange where we have a new mind, new will, new emotion that we're not pulled back into who we were. Matter of fact, the Lord spoke to me. I think it's on the back page here somewhere. Yeah, there it is. I've got notes. The exchange life of the kingdom, we can live without pain or history. Let me say this. The exchange life and the kingdom, we can live without the pain of the past history. Matter of fact, the Holy Spirit said, the truth is, we have no history apart from him. We have no history apart from him. So don't allow yourself to be pulled into past history. Isaiah 43 says, remember you not the former things. Neither consider the things of old. Marion, you get that? Quit considering, Marion. Quit considering the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. And it will spring forth speedily. Shall you not see it? I'll even make a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Amen. How many things? All things. See, we don't have a history other than his history. His history is our history. His future is our future because we're in union with him. We are living in him. Amen. The kingdom of God is not just a future destination. It's a present reality. That's what we got to begin to see. It's not in the future. It's now. Now is it. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, He that's joined. What's the word join, Alan, mean? Union. Union. He that's joined unto the Lord is one spirit. What is it? You're one spirit with him. He said, I'll take away that old stony heart, and I'll give you a new heart. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways. That's union. That's the exchange life. Jeremiah 24, 7. I'll give you a new heart to know me. That's kingdom. It's a kingdom of righteousness, his righteousness, peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. And joy of the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God.
For he that in these things serves Christ is accepted with God and approved of man, it says. Right? Amen. So let us follow the things that make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. Build each other up. Exhort one another. That new wine says, be not drunk with that new wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. So what she's talking about, the new wine flowing is the Holy Ghost. Don't get your mind set on that red wine bottle because the Holy Ghost is that new wine bottle. You don't have to get drunk with wine, but you do need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So it's time to stand. Stand, therefore. Now, see, what the Lord wants to do, Ross, I want you to hear me, you guys. He wants you to put you, for you all to get in self-pity. And all you, self-pity, he, he, the devil. The devil wants you, you guys get in self-pity and keeping your eye looking at yourself. The last thing you need to do is sit around thinking about yourself. We've got to look to Jesus, right? The author and the finisher of our faith. And, and that's the key. I'm telling you, it, when we get, and that's what he was saying, he that saveth his life. Let me, let me read something to you. It's here in my notes somewhere. Let me find it. Remember what he said in Lucas? Whoever might seek to save his soul. The Greek says, whoever might seek the soul of himself to prever- preserve for self. Preserve for what? Self-centeredness. We can't be focusing on ourselves. We've got to let the old self die and live by the life of another. The soul, the mind, will, and emotion of another. And not let that old thing pull us back into that old thinking. Remember Lot's wife. What happened to her? You know, it would be hard if my wife was Lot's wife and she's got kids back in Lot to not turn around and look back. Would that be hard, Mom? That'd be awful hard. But what he's saying, don't be looking back. It's the kingdom's not something to look back to. In Hebrews, it talks about they, he says, talking about the people of faith. It says, if they had been mindful of the country they had come out of, they would have had an opportunity to go back. But they're seeking a better country, established on better promises. See? So you can't let your mind be filled with going back to something or regretting something because you have no past. To regret. It's all the future. You know, and Second Peter says that God has given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises we may be partakers of his divine nature. That's grasping it. The kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Every man, it says, the law and the prophets, every man is pressing into it. Every man is seeking. The Holman version says, Every man is strongly urged to enter into it. Just get into the kingdom. It's freely given. Take it. As many as received it to them gave you power to become sons and daughters. You've got to receive that kingdom. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Everything in this world can be shaken, but that kingdom cannot be shaken. Receive that kingdom that cannot be shaken. But First Peter said... It's given us that by these promises we may be partakers of his divine nation, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust, the diseased condition of the old soul. Right? 
So add to your faith virtue, knowledge, temperance, godliness, brotherly kindly, charity. All that stuff, he said, those are promises. Add it by the promises. Take those promises. Having these promises, 2 Corinthians 7, 1, beloved, let's cleanse ourselves. How are you going to cleanse yourself? By the promises. And he says, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the brethren, brethren, be diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. For so an entrance will be ministered to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. Into the everlasting kingdom. I don't want to just see the kingdom. I don't want to just be around the kingdom. I want to be in the kingdom. That's exchange. That's living by the life of another in his kingdom. Into. You remember... uh, the disciples said to him, Why speak to you, the, the people in parables? He answered and said, To you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Listen, we have already been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he will have more abundant. But whosoever has not, from him shall be taken even the way that he hath. Therefore, speak unto them in parables. Why? Because they see and they don't he- see. They hear, but they can't hear. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear and not understand, and see and shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people, what is that old heart that's deceitful and desperately wicked? It's part of that old thing you look back to. We got a new one. But I want to tell you that old one's there if you want to go back to it. But the minute you do, this is, this is where you go. It waxes gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed. How? Through unbelief. Lest at any time, any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, be converted, and I should heal them. What's the key word there, Steve? I should heal them. When we see, when we hear, when we understand, healing's a part of our part. It's our provision. Now, I want to tell you something. God, that's the prophecy that's concerning those in unbelief. But I want to tell you something. The God of this world blinds the minds of those that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel, full gospel, shine. He's doing everything he can to blind us to the power of healing. And it's not a matter of Jesus doing anything else or God doing anything else. It's a matter of revelation of what's been freely given to us. That's all that's standing in the way. And the God of this world wants to keep us from seeing what's been freely given to us in Christ. It's been paid for the same as everything else. Not one thing left to be done. So it's a matter of the eyes of our understanding being enlightened so we can freely receive. And, and, and that's part of what we're all praying, that we would have an understanding of what's going on. Too many sick, too many people having problems, me included. I know the truth. And I know the truth will set you free. So what's the problem? There's got to be some truth still hidden that I'm not seeing. Uh, what was that? All right. See? Yes. Shake everything that can be shaken. So that that which cannot be shaken will remain. And we are receiving a kingdom that cannot shake, be shaken. So let us have grace wherewith may be able to serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire.
I'll just quit with that. Father, we thank you for your word. We just thank you, Lord, that help us to stand. When we've done all, stand. Lord, help us stand. Stand. And, Lord, we thank you for what you've done freely given to us. And, Lord, I ask you to help us contend for the faith that you've already given to us. And we, we're living by the faith of another. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Mike, go heal your tree.